What is up, everyone? I'm Ryan from Fireside Knicks. The Knicks are coming off of an absolutely remarkable win against the Brooklyn Nets. They didn't just beat them. They beat them across the court, wire to wire. It was an absolute beatdown. Uh, the, the Knicks were able to get scoring started early. The Knicks were able to be offensively beyond just proficient. They were uh, historically great against the Nets in terms of their offensive prowess yesterday. Or not yesterday, excuse me, Wednesday uh, by dropping 140 on them. Um, so, you know, I'm really impressed by what I've been able to see so far with the Knicks in this stretch. You know, Jalen Brunson was uh, he was magnificent, right? The only reason you need to get more points is because the Knicks were beating them so bad that, quite frankly, Jalen Brunson didn't really need to play that second half very much. Um, this game was over basically four minutes, five minutes of the game. The Knicks had kind of taken over already. Um, but, you know, first off, how are you doing, Dylan? And second off, you know, what did you see from that game that was impressive? I imagine you have many things that impressed you from that game. But how are you doing today, my friend? And what impressed yes. you in that win against Brooklyn? Yes. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, the Knicks are rolling. You know, seven wins in a row now. They're phenomenal. And the Nets game was just awesome to watch on every end, every aspect. You know, one thing I really noticed, you mentioned in our last episode that Quentin Grimes was somebody to watch for. And boy, you were right. Because he had, I think, 22 points and he hit six threes. He was just, he was not missing for the first half. He, I think he had like 14 points in the first half and he missed like one shot. He was, you know, obviously everybody was doing great, but him bouncing back like that after kind of struggling since Hart came along was a big thing. And, you know, so you were right on the money with that. And Jalen Brunson, of course, doing his thing like usual, 30 points in the first half after for the first five minutes, you know, he hurt his knee against Bridges in the opening minute. You look, you thought like, oh, no, he's hurt. Is he not going to be effective or is he going to have to get taken out? Worst case, you know, thankfully he was able to stay in the game and now he was able to stay in the game, but he had his best first half he's had pretty much ever. And he, you know, ended up finishing with 39 points, just another, another 30 plus point game for him. He's continuing to go off. He won Eastern Conference Player of the Month yesterday. You know, I think the game yesterday helped pretty much establish that for him. I mean, the game Wednesday, excuse me, you know, pretty much established it. And um, yeah, you know, there were six Knicks in double figures against Brooklyn, which is another huge thing. You know, we had pretty much everybody doing the right thing. We scored 142 points. It's the most we scored, I think, since the uh, might be the most we scored all season. I'm not entirely sure about that. I had to double check it. But it's a lot of points, obviously. And then we had 23s. I know for a fact that was the most we've had all season long, 20 made threes. We also shot 57 percent from three on Wednesday, which is also a season high. So we pretty much were doing everything right on the offensive side. You know, they gave up 118 points. You know, Cam Johnson lit it up. He had 33 points for Brooklyn. Cam Johnson's always been killing us. He had that buzzer beater last year in a 39-point performance last season. So I think I don't think many Knicks fans forgot about that one. You know, so there's no surprise right there that he was, you know, doing his thing against us. I think he hit like seven threes. So Cam Johnson did his thing. But, you know, our offense was just dominant, you know, and Brooklyn has good defenders. They had, you know, Bridges was on Brunson for most of the game. And Brunson still put up nearly 40 points on him, which is, you know, really, really impressive. We've seen we've seen our guys do that against good defenders this year. We saw Julius Randle put up five threes and a quarter against OG Ananobi early in the season. And now we just saw Brunson put up nearly 40 on Bridges, which is really impressive there. You know, we stopped Bridges from really doing anything crazy. Bridges had like 21 points, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. So, you know, obviously there were some kinks in the defense because we did give up quite a bit of threes. But, you know, overall, I'm still very happy with the performance that the Knicks did on Wednesday because, you know, the offense was just just like went 
crazy. It went up on a different level. You know, we've seen the offense been great over this winning streak. They've been averaging close to 115 points already, but they were just they were just locking everything up. They were knocking everything. Like first half, it felt like they weren't going to miss a shot. Like they were just I don't know what got into them, but I was really impressed with it. That that was a very very impressive win, and I'm hoping we see it again tonight against Miami. Yeah, that was an impressive win, and that's a win that, quite frankly, you know, it, it changes the outlook of it changes the outlook of this team in the sense of you know you you push yourself further um, into the fifth seed, you propel yourself in a position where you're very close to that fourth seed, right? You're f- close to the fourth seed than you are the sixth seed, right? So um, a lot of really good things there. As you mentioned, you know, I feel like, you know, with Quinton Grimes, I know that I came into yes, uh, into that game with, you know, he's got to perform well. And I think that's a key piece to their success that night. And he popped off. But I think it was a quick release. I feel like he was, he, he, once he got the ball, he he knew, I got to catch and shoot this, you know. I feel like sometimes he gets, he, he kind of second guesses himself or sometimes he isn't entirely uh, sure about whether he should take a three or he should drive to the basket. You know, he's got a really good three-point shot. He's got a quick release. You know, it's hard to really try to um, guard Grimes and, and and try to stop him in that catch and shoot situation because with that quick release you really have to beat him to the spot. If you're not beating him to the spot, he's getting an uncontested look off before you can even get there. Um, so I, I think that the more he can continue to kind of um, develop his three and D game, you know, yes, I think he has shot creating ability and a potential that goes beyond just being a three and D guy. But right now for this six team, they need him to be that guy. And I think that as he kind of you know progresses in that role, he'll continue to improve for the Knicks. You know, you mentioned Josh Hart, how kind of since he's gotten here, it's been a little bit of a struggle for Grimes um but Josh Hart you would say you look at his box score and you go oh he only you know he scored four points you know did he really do that much you know it's another example of him having an impactful game without doing much in the scoring sheet um you know he's kind of someone who can always just have a positive impact on the game even Emmanuel quickly I'd also I've mentioned Emmanuel quickly and Josh Hart as like glue guys guys that you know they're always having a positive impact on the game quickly had more impressive you know points scored I guess but he wasn't really someone that was highlighted last night both of these guys were big contributors in that win both those guys you know when the bench unit came in those were leaders off the bench those guys um kind of allowed the Knicks to continue to hold to fend off you know the Nets and continue to build on that lead um it didn't really feel like that the game was in doubt at any point in time and, the, and a strong bench is a big part of that so you know what what do you do you think that we're, we're reaching a point where you know Josh Hart's kind of evolving into his role and continuing to improve you know this team's played a lot better with him I, I think we're at a seven game sample size now you know can we really sit here and say it's just a mystery that the Knicks have played so well with Josh Hart is it fair to say that this guy is kind of the glue guy for this team that this team's needed and has kind of been one of the best acquisitions at the deadline for the Knicks? Where do you think Josh Hart um, kind of – how do you view Josh Hart as a trade piece and where do you kind of view a potential contract you give him? Because I think we have to keep him around for a pretty long time. Right, right. And, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that we're 7-0 with Josh Hart since he came along. I don't. You know, he like I've mentioned before in previous episodes – He's a pretty seamless fit. He gives you pretty much everything you need. You know, he, he can shoot, he drives to the basket, he moves the ball, plays with great pace, defense, all that good stuff. He's a jack-of-all-trades type of guy. So, and, you know, he's a Tibbs player, too. He plays hard, he hustles. Like you said, you know, he only had four points the other night, but he still provided a huge impact on everything else, you know, on the defense, moving the ball, all this kind of stuff. He still provided an impact. He's a guy that, you know, you don't you don't need 50 points out of him to show his impact. You know, you can you get you see his impact by watching the game, not by looking at the box score. And I think that's a big thing right there, which is why, you know, I don't think it's like I said, I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seven and zero with Hart. And I definitely think at this point, you know, it's only a seven game size. Yes. But I think we've already seen more than enough of what Hart can do to us with us and like how much better just we are with him. 
and like how much deeper of a team we are with him because instantly once he came over you know our bench became you know a much more you know liable threat i guess if you could say because you know before he came along quickly was our only like serious threat off the bench you know he was the only one really scoring you know he was usually our most impactful defender you know you look at our bench scoring overall was one of the lowest in the nba before hart came along now that hart's here we're one of the higher scoring benches in the league and i don't think that's a coincidence any sort of way you know you, you we have him in closing lineups he's great in there he plays well with the starters he plays well with the second unit he destroys other teams second units i think that's very 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 huge to have you know not many not many teams are blessed to have a guy like that so i think you know we definitely need to keep this guy around for a while you know you don't need to give him you know too much money because you know he's a bench guy but you know i definitely think he's a glue guy and an important piece at that i think he's an extremely important piece so I definitely think we need to keep him around for a while because right now with what I'm seeing, we we suddenly look like a serious like Eastern Conference finals threat all of a sudden. We went from, you know, fringe playoff contender to, you know, serious threat in the playoffs just just within a couple weeks, you know, of having Josh Hart. So, yeah, I definitely think his impact has deserved him, you know, a longer stay here in New York. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, end of the day, the, the New York the New York Knicks look phenomenal, right? And, and I think, you know, as you mentioned, going from that fringe playoff team tier to like, hey, this team is not a team you want to face in the postseason. This team can really uh, surprise some people. Um, and, you know, Josh Hart's obviously been a big part of this bench. Emmanuel quickly, again, had a really good night last night, or Wednesday night last night. I mean, Wednesday night, he had a really good night. You know, he's continued to kind of, um, he's continued to play efficient basketball. I think, you know, his efficiency is the best of his career this year. Um, you know, He's his his six man of the year odds, man. You know they were they were plus two thousand, they're plus twenty eight hundred uh, on February twenty eighth. You know now here on March fifth, they are plus four eighty plus. Uh, looking at different sports books, plus four eighty on FanDuel, plus five hundred on BetGM, um, plus three hundred on Caesars Sportsbooks. Right, like you know the it's it's getting better, right? People are you know keep talking about Emmanuel quickly because the odds it's reflecting the odds make in the odds it's reflecting in the in the the kind of the consensus around him. You know, this guy's giving you an efficient 13 points a game. This guy's giving you great defense. This guy's one of the best perimeter defenders um, the Knicks can possibly throw at you. Uh, and not just the Knicks, on the Knicks, but quite frankly, in the Eastern Conference. He's he's a pest, man. He really has figured out um, how to play some strong defense at a high level. Um, you know, as a man, you know, there are some, I think there was a rumor, I think it was this morning, maybe last night, that the Knicks could potentially look to give Emmanuel quickly a long-term extension, you know. Do you think that's in the plans for the summers? Do you think that, you know, the do you think Emmanuel quickly is going to be someone that you view as someone as part of this core? Because I think he's part of, you know, when I look at the core here, I'm looking at Brunson, Randall, Robinson. But I think quickly is a huge part of that core. What do you think there for quickly in terms of this year and then looking towards the future? Right, right. I definitely agree with you. Quickly is definitely part of this core now. I think, you know, he's shown a lot more since December because December we were pretty worried about him because he, he got off to a very slow start. He was only averaging like nine points a game and he was shooting very low efficiency. We were getting worried about him and that's when all the trade rumors started to come about and all that. He just like kicked it up into another level. Now he's easily one of the best six men in the NBA. You know, like you said, now he's second in odds for winning the award. Right now, I still think that's Malcolm Brogdon's award to lose, but quickly is, you know, quickly, pun intended right there, has quickly catapulted himself into the six man running. And I definitely think, you know, just that alone, it makes him a key piece. You know, we, we don't have much bench depth. We don't have guys that are able 
we don't have as many guys that are able to guard both both guard positions, you know, the shooting guard and the point guard, play both guard positions offensively because he does both of those really well. We've seen him do it a few times this year, and he's been great in both those roles. You know, I think, too, just like just like his on-court leadership, you know, when he's on the court, you know, everything's different. The pace is better. The defense is tighter. I think the way he just controls the game is a big thing. And therefore, I think we need to, you know, he's part of the core, and we definitely need to keep keep him around for much longer, too, because – you know, with the way he's playing right now, he's only going to get better, I think. So if that's the case, which I think it will, we need to keep him around for longer and make him a part of our core in which we hope to become, you know, soon to be a serious like finals contender. I know right now we're not at that point, but looking into the future, right where we're, where we're at right now, we're, we're not that far away from it. So I definitely think he needs to stick around for a while and become, you know, a key piece for us going forward. I think he's that important. Yeah, and, you know, end of the day, the Knicks have kind of kept a lot. They have a lot of their core locked in. You know, I've mentioned Robinson, Randall, uh, Brunson. You know, Barrett is locked in, and, I, I, you know, he's pl- he played really well against the Nets, in my opinion. You know, I think he filled in his role nicely. Um, but, you know, kind of looking at a matchup against Miami now. You know, this is this is the game, you know, we've been talking about this week for, you know, as we've been hyping up this week as a huge week for the Knicks. And, and the Knicks have delivered. They have played two great games of basketball and have won two crucial games. Um, now looking ahead at this game against Miami, right? You know, this is the final game with this onslaught, right? And then you have, a, but you, you kind of peek ahead a little bit and you've got another matchup, you know, with Boston uh, after, right after that. And then you have to look too far ahead for a, a, tr- a West Coast trip where you're facing Sacramento, both Los Angeles teams and Portland. Um, you know, this game's huge for the Knicks. This game is an opportunity to kind of stamp and kind of say, you know what, we are, we're not just happy with a good week. We're going to have the best possible week possible. We're going to make a statement. You know, who is that key guy for you tonight against Miami? Who is that guy that they, tonight, is their night tonight is the night they can step it up and they can really put they can they can help the Knicks you know put an asterisk uh, put up put an exclamation point on what was a crucial week for them. Right, right. I think that guy's Julius Randle. I think Julius Randle is going to come out you know and like you said it's a statement night for the Knicks. Make a statement. I think it's also a statement night for Julius for anybody that's you know continued to doubt him or think that it's just a hot season for this is kind of a stamp for Julius too to be like you know no I I can do this this is I can be you know a guy that can lead a team I can be a guy that can you know I'm I'm a superstar level player I think that's what you know he can do tonight and I think you know I'm expecting a big night out of him I know it's going to be a little tough because he's probably going to have Bam Adebayo guarding him but you know we've seen Julius Randle do this kind of things two tough defenders all season long. I remember I mentioned before, he, he did really well against OG Ananobi early in the season. You know, he, he did well against Jason Tatum earlier, like a couple weeks ago against Boston, you know, and now, you know, obviously a few days ago, he did the same thing. I think Julius Randle's in for a big night. He had like, what, 21 points against Brooklyn the other night. Not like a high scoring game, but he still had eight assists, eight rebounds, you know, very good night overall. I think he's in for a big night. We're talking like 30 points tonight. I think we could see that out of him. You know, I would certainly definitely watch for that because also I've noticed too, Randall really seems to kick it up into a fourth gear on the road. You know, the Knicks have already been a great road team this year, but it seems like whenever Randall goes out on the road, he tries to make a statement to those, to the, to the teams he's playing against while on the road. Like, you know, look, I'm here. So now you guys are, have a problem to deal with. You have to deal with me. You know, I feel like that's the type of guy Julius is, and I feel like that's what he's going to do tonight. So I would definitely watch for him. Another, you know, if I were to bring up another guy to watch for, I'd watch for Brunson again. You know, he just won conference, he just won a Eastern Conference Player of the Month. You know, I definitely think he's someone to watch for. You know, the the guard play of Miami has not been the best. 
They've had Kyle Lowry be underperforming this year. And I don't, I don't know if he's playing tonight, but you know, you got him, and you know, they don't have as much depth there in the bench as well. And I feel like, you know, if we can get like our starting units out, some of our starting players out there, while those bench guys are out there, we can use that to our advantage and attack them. And I think Brunson's also in for big nights. So I definitely think overall our star duo of Brunson and Randall, they're in for a big night tonight. I do, I definitely see it. I know I say that a lot, but you know, they, they do it consistently every night. Every night it seems like they're consistently having big nights, one after whether it's both of them or one of them, you know, some one of those two at least is having a big night because we're getting the consistent form of them now at this point. This isn't like last year where we were having an inconsistent Randall. You weren't sure if you were getting a great Julius Randall, if you were getting a bad Julius Randall. Same thing with like RJ Barrett. This year it's a little different. I think this year you're getting way more consistent versions of like Jalen Brunson, Julius Randall. You're getting way more consistent out of that. So you know, again, I think they're in for a big night for sure. Yeah, you know, um, I think that you're looking at Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, you know, they, they have answered the call at every step of the way. As you mentioned, you know, these two guys have rose to the occasion. You know, they have, they've they've rarely let, let left me feeling, you know, they let like I've been let down in a big game. Um, but the guy I'm looking at tonight is RJ Barrett. Um, he's going to most likely be guarded by a Tyler Hero type player. You know, uh, Jimmy Butler is most likely going to be focusing his game on, on trying to stop Jalen Brunson, right? You're going to have a, a defender like Butler on a guy like Brunson. And as you mentioned, Bam is going to be on a guy like Randall. You know, if you're RJ Barrett, you know, tonight you can be that. You're, you're, you've kind of always been the third ball handler on this team. You've always been the third scoring option, right? You know, in that starting lineup, you're going to be on a, def- a defender that isn't very good is going to be on you. Probably, you know, they're, they're, they're putting hero on you because they don't have anyone else to put on you. And you should be able to take on uh, that challenge and, and really, really have a really good night tonight. This could be a night where RJ gives you that efficient 20 points per game and he hits those big shots late in the game. I'm not looking for the first half to be a big first half. He's going to have a quiet first half. He'll take three or four shots. You know, he'll make two of them, right? You know, it'll it'll look like RJ Barrett's just kind of taking a back seat. And then that fourth quarter when when you know Bam is when Bam is on the court for the entire quarter or the entire nearly the entire quarter and Butler's on the court for nearly the entire quarter and Brunson and Randall are a little bit tired, right? You know, this is crunch time. They're they're doubling one of those two guys. They're doing whatever they can to stop them. And RJ Barrett is going to be at to, to, to step up in this offense and I think this is the night for him right you know I've ma- I, I manifested it with Quinn and Grimes I hope I can manifest it with RJ tonight because I think what we saw against Brooklyn um he just kind of let the game come to him right I, I think something that a lot of people um you know look at for a star players you know going after the game you know just kind of going out and getting it right but there are certain players who they just flow very well and they just let the game come to them Josh Hart Emmanuel quickly you know RJ Barrett doesn't like RJ Barrett is a more talented player than Josh Hart in my opinion, but I, I, Josh Hart's been the most produ- more productive player this year. Can RJ Barrett kind of re- realize, you know, I'm a talented player, but I just gotta let the game come to me. You know, defensive assignments just kind of play my role, which I think he did well against Brooklyn. Yes, Brooklyn dropped 118, but a lot of those points were garbage time. You know, you just kind of let him score at that point because it runs. It's easier to let them score than it is to foul them. It runs more clock, time off the clock. Um, so you know, if you're RJ Barrett, you know, you can have a night where you can have that big fourth quarter where you can really impact the game that is going to have a lot of playoff implications it's time to change the narrative around yourself you know what i mean a lot of people are kind of looking at rj as a salary filler in a deal somewhere you're trading in the off season right you know you can if you can be a glue guy for this team right now what like why would you trade a player that's helping you right now you're a player that helps a team and this team has done all of this with a struggling rj barrett an inconsistent rj barrett an rj barrett that plays the way that i think he's played in the second half you know or coming out of the all-star break 
is an RJ Barrett that is going to make this team that much better, right? You 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 look at this this rotation, and I would say it's probably Obi Toppin and RJ Barrett that are like the players who are not are kind of lackluster, right? Or haven't played to the level that you know you're like, yeah, these guys are excelling in their roles. They've kind of just been all right, you know. And, and all right isn't bad, but all right isn't 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 you know for a team that doesn't have a superstar, right, or doesn't have that MVP caliber player, right? RJ Barrett and Obi Toppin would you would like to see a little bit more there. And I think RJ definitely has it. You know, his, his plus minus since the all-star break's been positive. His three-point shots been falling. He's been taking his shot diet has improved. He hasn't taken as many shots. He's just kind of let the offense come to him. And I, I think that's gonna play a really big part in the Knicks' success if they're to win tonight. No, yeah, I I definitely agree. You know, you're not wrong. I can I can definitely see a big night out of RJ because you know Tyler Hero's on him. Well, most likely will be on him because, like you said, they don't have many guys that can really defend the, the wings like that. So you, you, other than Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler will probably be on Brunson, like you mentioned. So yeah, I could definitely see a big night from RJ. And like you, to bring up your point too, you know, with with how deep this Knicks team is right now, we don't really need RJ Barrett to be dropping 30, 40 points like he was last year because last year we didn't have much depth. We kind of needed him to do that, and unfortunately, even with him doing that, we weren't winning games. Now. Right now, with how he's playing, you know, we're, we obviously don't have R.J. Barrett at his best right now. I don't think that's really an understatement. It's just kind of a fact. But, you know, we're winning all these games with that, with like you mentioned, which is, you know, very big sign because, you know, if R.J. can really kick it into, you know, fourth gear and get back to what his old form was like that, then, you know, we would be – we could – we could be really something in the playoffs, you know, and other teams will see that and be like, man, they're already a good team. And now they, now RJ's playing at his best. That could be a serious problem. So, you know, I definitely, you know, agree, you know, he's still being impactful right now. You know, he, out of the also break, he's been a lot better. Like you said, you know, I've noticed that myself. I know he's not putting up like 30 points, but he's had a couple very good games, very efficient games. His defense seems a little bit better too. He seems like he's given more effort on that end of the floor. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you. You know, RJ could be in for a big night. We shall see how it, how it goes. But, you know, you manifested Grimes. So I fully, I have faith in you that you'll be right about Barrett too. So we shall see how that goes. But, yeah, you know, I definitely think RJ has been a lot better. And I think he's doing what we need him to do. You know, we don't need him, like I mentioned, we don't need him to drop 40 points. We just need him to do his role and do it properly. And I think right now he's doing just that. So if he continues to do that, then that's great. If he has a big game, that's awesome. But, you know, right now I'm I'm pleased with what he's doing out of the, out of the All-Star break because before the All-Star break he was slumping. You know, and while we were still winning games, you know, you don't want that to go into the playoffs because if RJ is struggling going into the playoffs, that could hurt you because in the playoffs, teams will center their game plans around our stars. They're going to center them around Brunson and Randall specifically. So you kind of want that third guy, which is RJ in this case, to, to be at a better level so that – you know, we have that fallback option, so the teams will have will have no choice but to focus on him, and that leaves the door open for Brunson and Randall and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's my point right there. Yeah, and so, you know, kind of, you know, to, 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 to kind of wrap things up a little bit here in terms of, you know, how the Knicks have played lately, their matchup against Miami. You know, we've talked about some key figures here. You know, I, I think kind of the, an important thing for us to make sure we address ahead of this game is just, you know, real – Really, I want to take a moment to kind of just appreciate, number one, appreciate this team. Um, but number two, you know, 
this team is going to enter another pretty tough stretch. And, and time and time again, I feel like, you know, looking at the schedule, you're like, well, this is a stretch where you have to prove it, right? We felt like this, th- we were coming into this week. That's how I get kind of been pushing this week as like, this is like the week for the Knicks to kind of prove themselves, right? I've met, I've kind of hinted at that at West Coast trip. You know, looking at the rest of the schedule, this team has a real shot um, to finish as a five seed, but they also have kind of an outside chance at finishing at that fourth seed. You know, do, where do you think the Knicks fourth, fifth, sixth seed, you know, I think those are kind of the three most likely outcomes. Where do you think the Knicks end up at the at the season's end? And, you know, if they are to end up, where do you, where do you think they end up? Who do you think they face off in the first round? Right, right. So, you know, they do have an outside chance at fourth, but I realistically do think they're going to end up fifth, which, you know, is I'll be more than happy with because I thought they were maybe a play-in team coming into the season. So, of course, I'll be way more than happy with a fifth seed. But I do think that's the likely outcome because, you know, we're close on Cleveland right now. But Cleveland is a good team, and we do have a tough stretch coming up. We have a West Coast trip. You know, playing on the West Coast on the road is tough for any any team in the East Coast. So doing that right there might, might hurt us a little bit. You know, eventually, too, we're going to lose a game once in a while. We're not going to win every game. It's just that's not how the sport works. So, you know, the winning streak won't last forever. So I don't think I don't think we'll necessarily get like really cold, but, you know, we're going to slow down a little bit. I think that's, you know, that's just going to happen. It's natural. So given like those type of things and, you know, the stretch, like I said, the stretch coming up and how, you know, Cleveland is a good team. We do play Cleveland again this season at the very end of this month. But, you know, and hopefully by then we'll have a great we'll have a much more clearer picture of where the Knicks would end up. But, you know, suddenly that game looks way more important than it did a few weeks ago. I'll tell you that. But. Um, like I was saying, I do think, you know, fifth seed is the most likely outcome, but I'll be happy with that. I think we'd end up playing Cleveland in the first round. If that is the case, we end up being in fifth seed. I do think we'd end up playing them. I feel like Cleveland is going to, if we don't eclipse Cleveland for fourth, I feel like Cleveland is going to stay there because Cleveland is a really good team, but I don't think they're necessarily better than Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston. I think Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston will stay one, two, three in whatever order it ends up being. I think Cleveland will settle for fourth, you know. Cleveland will get the home field advantage, home court advantage, obviously, if they're the fourth seed. But we've played well on the road, so you know that's not necessarily just like a that's not like a bad thing for us. You know, most teams being on the road is a bad thing. I know in the playoffs it's a different atmosphere, but we have we have done our job on the road, so I like our confidence there in that regard. But yeah, to wrap up the point, I do think fifth seed is a likely outcome, and we play Cleveland first round, and I like our chances there. It's a good matchup for us. We've handled Cleveland in the regular season. I like the matchup. I think it would be an exciting series. It could be a six or seven game series. Could go really either way. I think it's a pretty even even matchup at this point now. Now that we have Josh Hart in our deep squad, I think that's an even matchup. So yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, uh, I I mean, I personally, I, I have to agree with you. I think they're the fifth seed. Just I, I look at Cleveland's schedule. And I don't think there's a lot of tough matchups in there for them. And also, it's a, in a weird sense, you know, they play Brooklyn and Miami twice each. And in those games, I feel like I'm kind of rooting for Cleveland to win, right? Like, I'd rather, you know, guarantee a matchup in the... I'd rather guarantee myself as a fifth seed than, you know, kind of let Cleveland, uh, you know, lose to those teams and let Brooklyn and Miami kind of get hot and get... You know, Brooklyn's only, what, a game and a half back from us, right? You know, all it takes is one bad week, and now you're back in the uh, fifth seed, uh, the sixth seed, looking at... And the seventh seed, you know, you're... you're Miami could be right on your uh, hot on your tail. So the way I look at it is at this point, I'd kind of just prefer Cleveland beat them um, and, and prefer that you establish yourself with the fifth seed. You know, you're playing Cleveland regardless. Yes, the home court matters, but I, I would say I'd rather be the away team in that series, you know, than 
jeopardize even having that type of first round matchup because if you fall to the 60 now you're playing a philly team who as you mentioned i think is a is, is just there's just a level there's just a talent level gap between them and cleveland with having a joel Embiid and having a james harden um versus you know donovan mitchell and darius garland kind of led team in terms of scoring um in terms of just overall playing i mean Embiid's the best player between both those teams i don't think that's very close either um so you know, end of the day, I, I think this team's continuing to impress. I think this, conti- this team continues to have you ask questions, reevaluating their ceiling, kind of elevating their ceiling a little bit more. Um, and I'm really impressed by that. So I don't know if you have any final thoughts before we wrap up, but if you do, I- I'd love to hear what you have to say. Right, right. You know, just to wrap up this pretty much, you know, I'm looking forward to a big game against Miami. It's a, it's a huge game, statement game, like you mentioned. It can also create a lot of separation between them and the standings because Miami was on our tail. Now they're a little bit further back. But if we be- beat them tonight – we can be, you know, we create a lot more separation. And, you know, you look, you start to think no more about the seventh seed. You start thinking about sixth and fifth. You start thinking about, like, okay, they're probably going to be in the playoffs, which where are they going to end up in the playoffs? You know, because before the whole thing was about the play-in. Oh, they're going to be the seventh seed. Da, da, da. That was the whole thing before season. Now, right now, it's about, you know, fifth or sixth. And I think if you win against Miami tonight, that kind of solidifies that case. Like, okay, yeah, they're probably going to end up being the fifth or sixth seed. It just depends where they go the rest of the way but you know to wrap it up real quick big game tonight hopefully they win this one they got a big stretch coming up against the west coast after after tonight and after boston so you know we're going to see a lot more of what this team is capable of it's a true test but right now you know i'm very impressed with what this team's doing i couldn't be any more impressed really it's the most fun i've had personally watching this team in quite a long time it's it's more fun than i even had in 2021 when we made the playoffs so you know, I'm really looking forward to what this team can do. And I feel very confident about not only winning these these games down the stretch, but also, you know, how we would do in the playoffs. You know, I'm very confident about those things. So I'm really looking forward to it. Let's hope we get a good game tonight. Let's hope we get some big nights from Brunson, Randall, and or Barrett. Let's hope we get big games from those guys. You know, and let's just let's just keep it moving, you know, one game at a time. No, you know, keep a foot on the gas and just keep going. Don't slow down. That's that's the way I see it, and I'm pretty sure that's the way the Knicks are seeing it as well. So let's keep it going. You know. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, this is this is an opportunity to to, to leave your mark and and to and to let people know like you're this isn't the Knicks of old. You're changing the narrative. The 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 conversation around this team needs to be different, and I, I'm really excited. So thank you guys again so much for tuning in. We appreciate your guys' continued support. I'm Ryan Garcia. This is Dylan Backer. You guys can check us out on our on our Twitters. That's above our heads. Uh, check out the Fireside Knicks Twitter. Check out our socials. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out.